Social Authority is sponsored by AWeber. Send emails that connect you with your audience, build brand authority, and cultivate fans. Right now, you can get your no-risk 60-day free trial and download your official Getting Started Guide so you can start growing your business with email marketing today. Visit SavvySexySocial.com slash AWeber to get started. Social Authority is also brought to you by Social Authority Membership Group, my official group coaching program for helping brands who love the journey of building a business while surrounding themselves with people who connect them to greater success. Right now, you can dive into exclusive trainings like a course on growing a big, sexy email list or even a class on five critical steps for your podcast launch. Visit socialauthoritymembership.com for details on how you can become a part of our community. Welcome to the Social Authority Podcast. This show is for you, a rising star ready to produce your authority and share it with the world. On this episode, we'll be discussing what the most successful CEOs are doing and why it's so important for you to do it as well. I'll also be sharing some special audio from a chat that I had about the current state of video blogging and how Snapchat is playing a role. I'm Amy Schmidauer, a business coach, public speaker, and creator of the YouTube series, Savvy Sexy Social. And I'm actually thinking about getting a desk bench to replace my roller chair because my dog is driving me insane with how much she wants to sit next to me all the time. It's so nice to be loved. So I just want to get started with a little podcast update. You guys know from the last time we had a little chat that I had an upcoming mastermind with my guest advisor, Vincenzo Landino, who I'm probably going to be bringing up a lot during this episode also, but we had an amazing event. I got so many emails from you listeners and viewers of the YouTube show just saying how much they wanted to be there, but you know, not everybody can get to Columbus and we only had 12 seats. So we filled each and every one of them. People did come from afar and people came from close by, social authority members and people that just wanted to get in a room with brilliant, brilliant other folks who have different experiences, different successes, different failures. And it was an absolutely incredible day. If you think about the fact that we sat there from, I think it was 8.30 was check-in. So everybody started arriving at 8.30 and until nine o'clock, we were just sort of getting comfortable. Everybody was sort of choosing where they're going to sit for the day, get their laptops out, get ready to take notes, start networking a little bit, have some coffee, have a lot of coffee if you're me. And then we got started right at 9 a.m. And basically what happens if you're not familiar with this sort of mastermind event, we all sit together at the table and each person is going to get a half an hour total for just their own thing. So you really want to use that time wisely. Talk about what you do, but not for too long and really dive straight into the problem or the struggle or the thing that you want feedback on so that we can spend the rest of that half hour talking about that. So it's great for me because I have a lot of ideas. It was amazing for Vincenzo because he has a lot of ideas too and we bring a lot of different perspectives to the table. But literally the number of ideas that came from everyone else in the room. It was so hard to walk away without a lot of actionable items or at least some things to think about. So we got such amazing feedback and I'm just so grateful to everybody who was able to attend. So big shout out to those masterminders that were here in Columbus. It was so wonderful to meet you if I hadn't already and to hear about what you're working on so that I can continue to be better at what I do by hearing with, you know, what you're struggling with, what you're thinking about. So 
so amazing. If you get an opportunity to attend a mastermind, please, please, please do it. It doesn't matter if I'm running it or not. I plan to do more. Vincenzo and I were so excited about the day. By the time we were done, 5 p.m. rolls around and it's like, wow, that's it. And we were so energized the whole day. There was no after lunch lull. Everybody was so excited because you kept changing it up every half an hour. So very cool, great experience. And I've not only attended them myself, but now run them. And I highly, highly, highly recommend. So next time you hear of a mastermind, take the opportunity. Go ask for help. That may be some of the hardest things that we do in our career is have that ability to ask for help. And this is a great venue to do just that. So that's my little update. And now I want to share with you an authority action. This is a tip that you can do immediately after you listen to this podcast, ideally after we're done listening. I want you to listen to the whole thing. Lots of stuff to come today that you need to hear so that you can build your brand authority today. Your authority action for today is read a book. I know, groundbreaking, you're probably smiling or mad or like, oh, I already do that, fantastic. But it's so important that you do. And oddly enough, I have a statistic for you from a book that I have read (laughs) in the very recent past. This is from the book, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. I just recently discovered Grant because of Snapchat and this guy is just hysterical on Snapchat. I mean, ridiculously hysterical, but incredibly successful as well. And in this book, uh, there's a chapter on the things that he's basically made a note of uh, that successful CEOs or really anyone successful, the things that they do. And the 29th thing that he put down in this chapter was be dedicated to continuous learning. And I'm going to read directly from the first line here. The most successful CEOs are reported to read an average of 60 books and attend more than six conferences per year, whereas the average American worker reads on average of less than one book and makes 319 times less income. So I, I just like to put the statistics out there and and read directly from somebody that has researched this because it's so important that you don't just listen to anybody's advice for no reason. I mean, if somebody tells you to read more, you're probably going to have a hard time with that if you're not an avid reader already and you don't really understand why you might need to or even just holding yourself accountable just depending on what your habits are. Um, And also, This is a statistic from 2011, and I think that it could potentially be a little different in terms of what the average amount of books is for a CEO, maybe not the average amount uh, that the average American reads. But I just want to compel this point because of a couple things. First of all, I'm on book 12 of 2016 right now, the 10X rule. I think this was book 11. I think I just got done with this. I'm now reading The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin, who I'm just recently very obsessed with. I was so convinced that I did not need to research happiness. And now I am so, so freaking glad that I did. Highly recommend her happier podcast as well. By the way, I've been going back and listening to every single episode. So fully immersing myself in her studies. But that's the point. And I think I heard James Altucher say this at one point, probably on his podcast, potentially on somebody else's, and it was an interview. But 
Actually, it was an interview. I remember now. It was an interview because I remember tweeting this line that he said. And now I don't know the exact line, but I'm just going to tell you what I remember because he did retweet it because he's like, yeah, I said that and I totally believe it. (laughs) It was essentially this idea that rather than saying, oh, say you want to go to somebody that is just a major mentor to you and say, I want your time. I want to talk to you. I want to ask you questions. I want all these things from you. Why would you do that when you could pick up a probably three or 400 page book, maybe less, probably less, and read all of the things that they have learned, the the successes, the mistakes, the failures, the processes, the mindsets, everything you could really want to learn about how somebody is a success is probably summed up in that book they wrote. And the fact that you can just choose anyone that has written a book and say, I want you to mentor me by simply reading. Oh my God, that's incredible. Wrap your mind around that. I've read 11 and a half books now in 2016. I'm basically taking the life experiences of 11 people because they were all different, 11 and a half, 12 people, <laughs> not, not 11 and a half people, 12 people. I'm taking their life experiences, their research, their case studies, their, all of these things that they've put together in this $20 book and I'm consuming it. Why do you think it is that the CEOs are such voracious readers? Think about all of those amazing things that you can learn. And I also highly recommend, because I'm learning this also from uh, Gretchen Rubin and her sister, who they do the podcast together, Elizabeth Craft. I love the rule that they have about put a book down if it's not good. Don't finish it. (laughs) That's fine. It's not that you have to pick up a book and then suffer through it if it's not that good. I've read a few books this year. I have a hard time with that rule, although I am working on it. Luckily, I've picked up 11 books I'm a big fan of so far, but some of them were a lot easier to read than others. Not necessarily how fast I read them, just easier. I enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. Um, Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, the creator of TGIT, if if you're a TV watcher, but essentially Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, et cetera. That book was phenomenal. Why? Because she's a TV writer. She's amazing. And her book she wrote, obviously, very amazing. That was a fun read. But I got a lot out of books like The 10X Rule and uh, The Dip by Seth Godin. And it's because these people sat down and they put their ideas, their ideals, their strategies, their experiences in this book. So rather than going it alone, like I said, enjoy a mastermind, go ask questions, get in front of the people that can help you. But if those people are not necessarily within reach, even if they are, the book that they wrote, is chock full of all the information you could possibly want to know from them. And instead of just having the one life that you have in front of you right now, you can also vicariously live through all of these other people by simply reading from them. Incredible. Please, 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 your authority action. I want you to do this today. I don't care if it's one page. I want you to pick up a book that somebody wrote. Ideally, if you're trying to better yourself in business, nonfiction, something that you can take further action on because I want my authority action to drive even further action. And you have to read what people are doing 
to make a difference in their life, in their business, in whatever it is that you're seeking information on. This is so, so big. Make the time. Continue your education. Read a book. Read a lot of books if you can, please. And uh, I'm very, very excited to hear which of you that are listening have not been doing this, have been saying, oh, I got to read more or no, I don't. I'm not a reader. I'm not a reader. You keep saying you're not a reader. It's going to be true because you probably haven't read anything. But if you actually make it a point, it's not about being a reader. It's about further educating yourself. It's about giving yourself that edge. Get that edge. Be ahead of the competition. Be ahead of the competition because you're not even thinking about them because you're too busy executing on all the amazing ideas that you've gotten. Next up, I'm going to share an answer to a question I received about the fear of getting started to video blogging. But first, here's a quick word about our amazing sponsor. I get a lot of questions when websites are getting ready to go live. Everybody wants to know what's the best design? Is my logo okay? How about the content? How much content should I have? Et cetera, et cetera. But it's funny how many people forget one of the most important items you must have on your website before you go live. It's often an afterthought. It's usually a slap on the wrist when you're like, man, I should have had that from day one. And that is your email opt-in. You must be prepared to collect the information of those people that have somehow landed on your site. It doesn't matter how, whether it was a social referral or they found you in search or they just went there because they got your business card. You must collect their email address if they like what you're doing so you can stay in contact with them, grow your lead funnel, and ultimately your business. And this is why I always recommend Aweber. They make it so simple to create your list, your opt-in form, and quickly get it on your website so that you never miss the boat on somebody wanting to subscribe for more from you. So always, always, always remember, you must have an email opt-in form when you are launching your website And you must think about Aweber for this option because they are the ones that I trust and you can even try them out for 60 days, totally risk-free, all functionality available to you. Unlike those other competitors, when you go to SavvySexySocial.com slash Aweber, go support the sponsor of this show and you will have a kick butt email list that you can be proud of as you are growing your business. Kelly asked the question on one of my recent YouTube videos, how can I get over having the fear of doing vlogs? I want to start vlogging, but I feel like I'll be just too boring. Any tips on what kind of videos I could do? I like doing hair and makeup, but my makeup look is just a natural look and my hair, I don't know much, LOL. And I also don't have a vlogging camera. All I have is my iPhone 5S. So in most cases, I very much hope that if you are listening to me or watching any video I've ever created, that you already have a game plan in mind. What I worry about here with Callie is that 
she doesn't know what she wants to talk about. She doesn't know what her passion point is. Therefore, she doesn't really have any goals. It's just about this concept of just getting started with video. And it's very hard to get started with video if you don't have a plan, much less a person that you want to talk to. This is all about talking to the camera like it is a vehicle for your message, not like it's a device, because that's just silly. We're talking to a person. This file is going to get uploaded somewhere and your message is going to get across. But that's a big responsibility, whether or not you have a plan or don't have a plan. In this case, I hope that you will choose the route of the, the, the content that is most passionate in your mind and that you can speak to easily and that you want to teach people about because that's what this is always going to be in the end. But that doesn't make you better at talking on camera. And I don't think you need anything more than that iPhone 5S. I think that's a great place to start. I don't think you should go out and buy a camera, especially if you have an iPhone in your pocket or an Android in your pocket and it's got a great camera on it and you just need to get some practice rounds in. All good. That's perfect. But if you're not quite acquainted with talking to a camera yet, maybe start to do that first, especially if you don't have a plan yet, you're not really sure what you want to talk about. One thing that you can do in this case is actually join the Savvy Sexy Social Tribe for a special event that's coming up in April. We do this every April and August. It's called VEDA, Vlog Every Day in April. And there's no big requirement other than we want you to create a video every single day. But the cool thing is that you're not doing it on your own. There's a community of people that are doing this as well, whether they're experienced or not. And you will always have something to talk about because I provide a calendar of topics. You can talk about what you want, or you can choose a topic from the calendar. And that's great. The other cool thing is there's a sign up sheet. Everybody can see who is signed up. You can go and subscribe to other people who are taking part. You can use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag hashtag SSS VEDA. And it is so much fun. I'm not even kidding. If there's anything that I do ever, the thing I get the most tweets about leading up to April and August is, hey, are you going to do VEDA again? Hey, are you going to do VEDA again? I really want to do VEDA again. And it's such an amazing opportunity because so many of us wait to create our first video and it's the most important one in the near future, like the about page or a landing page or a please come buy my product page. And that's bad. You want to be experienced with the camera before you do something like that. So VEDA is a blast. I highly recommend it. Whether you want to upload a video to Twitter or upload it to YouTube or even just use a live streaming platform, this is a challenge that is great for you to practice talking to the camera. So go to SavvySexySocial.com slash SSSVEDA. I'll link to it in the show notes as well. It's not even an email list. You simply are joining so that you're part of the community. You're on the list of people to subscribe to from everybody else. And you can engage with that hashtag on Twitter so that you can see what other people are talking about and support others as well. It's so much more fun when you're not doing it alone. So that is what I would recommend. If you have no idea how to enter this territory, it is the best time of year for you right now. We're going to wrap up with a little audio from an appearance I made on the Brand Boost podcast with Vincenzo Landino about how Snapchat is playing a role in modern day video blogging. This is a great discussion. You guys are going to want to hear it. Lots of relevant things like video and YouTube and Snapchat being talked about. So stay tuned for that. But first, a quick word about our sponsor. As I said earlier in this show, that mastermind, man, it was absolutely amazing. 
what can happen when a bunch of people get together to make each other better. And that is exactly what Social Authority Membership Group is. The small business that's got a bootstrap but still needs constant advice and reasons to question what they're doing and to not get comfortable with the things that really aren't working in the end. That's what we do. The forum, there's a ton of support from everyone, including myself. We do live Q&A mastermind sessions where you can ask questions and get advice from people on a regular basis. And we also do those exclusive trainings so you can get the content that you need for the tactics that are best for your brand. Not everyone is going to be the same and no one should let you think that. And that's why you need to be around people who have been through things that you may not have yet, can steer you away from failures when possible, and show you the way to success. So I strongly suggest you take into consideration joining us in Social Authority Membership Group by going to socialauthoritymembership.com to find out details and learn more. I'm really excited to share this clip. It's funny when we sat down and had this conversation while Vincenzo was in town for the mastermind and we uh, did this episode for his podcast. I thought it was a pretty good conversation. And then listening to it back, I was like, man, there's actually quite a few things in here that we could really dive into even more. It's a great conversation around the current state of video and video blogging, but even more importantly, why it doesn't all happen on YouTube. And sometimes you just can't force the circle into the square hole. (laughs) And people that are trying to do it and not seeing success, they um, are not quite understanding why. And we really start to scratch that surface a little bit. So definitely a great conversation I'm going to share with you now. I would love your feedback on this. If there's something that you want us to talk about more about it, or even just me, if you have a question, because I think that there is something to this, specifically how Snapchat is becoming quite the video platform while also not necessarily being a discovery platform. So here's that conversation. So, you know, if you hear a lot about Snapchat, it's because right now people, brands, businesses, marketers are trying to figure out how does this work Mm -hmm. for my business? How does it work for my brand? Is it just a personal branding vlog? That's one thing I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. That's re- the real reason why I had you here is because I want to know how can somebody take Snapchat and treat it like a vlog when in reality it just disappears after 24 hours? Yes, you can save it, but it's vertical video. So you really, it's hard to repurpose on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So can you draw comparisons? or contrast Snapchat and YouTube, and maybe give our viewers, listeners, sorry guys, uh, ways they can use either or both. I think all of this is gonna come down to no matter what success looks like for you using Snapchat and what you want to come of it, first you need to know that you can direct your audience to find you there, because it is hard to be discovered. But the cool thing about Snapchat is that it is a very behind the scenes, raw kind of look about what's going on. So that's why it truly is like the modern day vlog. If you actually think about it, a lot of the vlogs that are on YouTube, although because they still exist, are creating still you know more revenue for people who ha- have uploaded them in the first place, they are sort of mundane things that could expire after 24 hours and, and who would really care? But 
it's also um, a, just a great opportunity for people to get a glimpse into your life. And at first, when I was using Snapchat, that's what I was doing because I'm truly a vlogger at heart. I've been on YouTube for a really long time, and that's how I got my start with a it. A really long time. Like, how long? A long time. Um, I mean, I joined YouTube in 2008, and I was properly making content by early 2009. So... It, it's it's a really great Snapchat though is a really great glimpse into your life sort of behind the scenes when you show respect for that context it can be really incredible and I was only using Snapchat because it was sort of like a fun guilty pleasure I was just having a blast doing it I had no intention of using it for business and yet the other platforms I may have been using for business have not shown the return that I would like to see from them and um, Snapchat you know people are just sort of sneaking in those messages and saying, hey, I want to talk to you about coaching or, hey, I want to talk to you about this. And it's all because I'm giving them a glimpse of like what my real life as an entrepreneur looks like. And it's kind of incredible uh, what that impact can be on people just to be able to see like the real experience of this. So I'm actually blown away by what Snapchat has the ability to do. And truly, it is vlogging in 2016, like what you could be doing on YouTube is absolutely something I still continue to do it. I'm posting a vlog today of you and me, you know, checking out Columbus. I'm showing you around and stuff like that. And it has huge impact on YouTube. But Snapchat, there's such an incredible experience with somebody that's seeing you unobstructed, no distractions. And because you are maximized at 10 second video clips, it keeps it interesting as long as you kind of keep changing it up. And that's what a good vlog is. It's short, moving clips that keep the eyes interested. And um, that's why Snapchat is so successful because it's giving the average user the ability to vlog with something as simple as a smartphone. Well, my question for that is this. How, how does one vlog in 2016 with Snapchat and really get it out to the masses. Because Snapchat, you know, it, it is, some people have said it's hard to discover and there's no SEO and there's no way it, let's to... Let's be fair, it is hard to be discovered on Snapchat. It is, like, just, just to be fair. Because when people say that, it's true. But they're also saying, you know, I don't want to go to all the effort of cross-promoting this platform. But they do with every other platform and that's what bothers me. Is right. that everybody cross-promotes everywhere else but they don't think they should be doing the same thing on Snapchat. And of course, I've, I've said this many, many times on the podcast. So you know where I stand if you listen in uh, regularly. You know that I think if you're on Snapchat, you should be cross-promoting. But when vlogging, if you're going to take your vlog and go on to Snapchat, should you be repurposing content on YouTube? Are YouTubers going to watch this vertical video with these black sidebars? It doesn't look good. When you repurpose vertical video on YouTube, it looks like garbage. Right. Well, it and it sort of depends on how you do it. So YouTube has given you the ability to upload a truly vertical video to be watched on mobile. And it would appear the same way you're watching it on Snapchat. For instance, somebody talked about me in their Snapchat story. I missed it, but they luckily had downloaded the story and uploaded it to YouTube. When I got the YouTube link, I pulled it up on my phone and it played vertically fine. But yeah, on desktop, on an HDTV, it looks like crap. And most of the time people are integrating a vertical 
vertical video with one that has been programmed to be full HD 16:9 ratio, which does look like crap because it's black bars. If you get creative with design, it can be cool. But I think if you're just basically saying, hey, I'm going to take my stories, I'm going to download them and upload them to a YouTube channel, you're not... I mean, what's the point of that? Like, no one's subscribing to your YouTube channel to watch your Snapchat videos but on delay. They okay. want to watch them. But can someone can someone build a channel solely with Snapchat vlogs? Because I've been trying to vlog, like, regular style vlog with a camera and, and talking into it. And I'll be honest with you, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's hard. It's hard. And so mad props to people like Savvy Sexy Social that has done it and continues to do it. Um, people like my good friend Jason Yarbrough, who's, who's started to do it. Uh, people like Casey Neistat, who pff, it does an amazing job uh, at doing that daily uh, editing for up to eight hours per day just for the vlog. So it takes a lot of work. So for me to just snap my day, download that video or download those snaps, are they really any good? Like, Can someone actually build a vlog using just their Snapchat video on YouTube? Will people watch that? I'm not saying people won't because I think people watch somebody that they have grown to love and trust. And but what just, if I'm new? But, but what if you're new, I honestly think that Snapchat can enhance content. I don't think it's good standalone on YouTube. I think anytime I've included snaps in my videos, it's because it added to the story I was already telling with the content that I was uploading. So maybe there's a screenshot moment that pauses while a video from Snapchat plays. And that way, all of the real estate on the screen is taken up. And that video that plays, although not full screen, is... It's good, but it enhances what's already happening, not standalone. Okay. All right. Well, um, I mean, I, I'll push you a little more on it, but Go ahead. I think the answer... Whoa. Go ahead. I'm not scared. No, I mean, here's the thing. So for you, you're using it, like you're you're adding it to a video you've already made. So it's like, okay, let me take this this particular one mm-hmm. and pop it in there. Mm-hmm. But we there are some individuals out there that are trying to go standalone Snapchat and I don't think they're having the success they think. That's why I'm saying standalone is not going to be good enough. Enhance. I mean, look at Gary Vaynerchuk. But I don't want to enhance. When, when D-Rock can't go to a private event with him, they integrate Snapchat, but it right. adds to the existing story. But I, So I'm a nobody mm-hmm. who's never vlogged before. Sure. And I don't want to do any video aside from my iPhone. Right. I'll record horizontally never. Okay. I just want to Snapchat. You should that's be on it. Snapchat. So that's it. So that's you it. so you would not Okay. I you you respect the platforms that you're on. If you want to leverage YouTube, do something different on YouTube to bring awareness to what you're doing to Snapchat then. Don't try uh-huh. to don't try to duplicate. The problem is that everybody keeps trying to take existing content that they have in one place and make the most of it by putting it everywhere. And when you're doing that, it seems like a shortcut. It seems like a great idea. But if you don't put it in the right context of those other platforms, it's just not going to be well received. Nobody's going to care about it because it doesn't look like you actually gave the time of day for that specific audience on that platform. That's why somebody that's just uploading Snapchat videos to YouTube, although building a fantastic archive for themselves so they don't forget all the cool things that they've been doing, I mean, it's really not going to build an audience on its own. So these young kids up and coming that are using Snapchat and only Snapchat, they've never YouTube, they don't want to YouTube. That's likely. Will, yeah. So will we see less YouTubers? 
I yeah, I think it's just like anything. Like when Vine came out, it was like, oh man, like there were a lot of YouTubers who had been veterans, were not where they wanted to be in order of ranks and success and AdSense and all of that kind of stuff with YouTube. So they went over and did an incredible platform on Vine, and then we ha saw Viners come out, and it was like, oh, there's Vine celebrities now. Where well, what are we saying about Vine now? But those ex those celebrities still exist. But it's because they went to that platform and respected it, and that's why. So. Absolutely. I think Casey Neistat, when I first found out about him, it was because of Snapchat. It was because he was doing such incredible work on Snapchat. So I think, yeah, just like you can be a well-known authority on any platform, you can be on Snapchat too. That's all for today, socials. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. As always, remember, take your authority action. Read a book absorb that information and better your business in turn. Let me know if you did. Let me know what book you picked up. I'm always trying to expand my library. Send me a tweet with the hashtag social authority link is in the description. Thank you to our sponsors, A Weber and also social authority membership group. All the links to check them out are also in the show notes. Make sure you give a big shout out to Vincenzo Landino and subscribe to the Brand Boost podcast. It was a great experience getting to chat with him and he has a great show that's very short advice and easy to sort of listen to on the fly. He updates almost daily, if not more. So definitely go check that out. Please let me know what you think of the Social Authority Podcast in a review on iTunes or Stitcher or your preferred podcast player. You have no idea how much that is important to what I do. And until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Amy Schmidauer. I'll see you at the top.